0: Today, before I came out here into church, someone pulled me aside, and they asked me if I had had my devotional yet, and I was like, well, about that, no, and I actually didn't do it yesterday either, in my, you know, defense, my brain starts going, I was like, well, I was at church, so, anyway, so she pulls me aside, and she sits me down, and she reads all of what she could get out of this, guys, okay, and I'm not going to read you the part where they go through all the people, but I'm going to tell you, it, this, this is called, Parents, if you haven't done, people, adults, if you have not read your 40 days circle challenge, please do. And if you're not caught up, please catch up. So we started on yesterday. And it's called, Raise Up a Remnant. And the remnant shall yet again take root downward and bear fruit upward. It's from 2 Kings 19.20. So she read through it, and then she, she kind of skipped, and she, she chose this to read to me. And I'm thrilled when I hear these words, because this is what we did all weekend, okay? And sometimes you're like, well, we ate marshmallows, and we threw snowballs, and we ate food, and it, it's easy to get lost in the sauce of all the things we did. But, but we raised up a remnant this weekend, all right? We planted seeds that will grow they might not grow as fast as we think they should, or they might take about, what, 18 more years until they're adulting and they're on their own. It says, if God can get enough people in one area to reject the rulership and the dominion of Satan, if enough of his people will reject Satan's dominion in the right way, with humility, with brokenness, and in repentant intercession, then God will slap an eviction notice on the doorway of the, roller, of the rolling demonic power of that area. And when he does then there is a light and glory that begins to come. And I'm like, now for me, that says something because I, that's what I did this weekend. And I know a lot of my volunteers did and everyone that was supporting us in prayer. We slapped a, an eviction notice on our doors, on the doors of your homes. And we were like, not today, Satan, not today. We're gonna give them little little pieces here and there. We're gonna keep planting them and we're gonna give you the stuff needed to plant these seeds as we go. Draw the circle. If you haven't started this devotional pick one up. I think we have extras, don't we, Jackie? No, we don't. We'll buy you one. I'll buy you personally one. Okay. So I want to talk about labels today. Um, every week when you come in, you get a label, right, on your, you, on, your, on your t-shirt, and it tells us who you are, right? I know you're Carla because your name tag tells me that. And so if I don't know who you are for the first couple weeks, I, I cheat a little bit. So now I'm going to let you in on my secret. I cheat, and I'll take a peek around the back of you when you're not looking, and your name is right there. And I can say, hey, Carla. Hey, Tristan. Right? And then I learn your name really quick that way. So what I've learned about labels in life is that if I pick up a ketchup bottle, it says ketchup on it, right? And I'm having a hot dog, and I I want ketchup, and I squeeze it out, and it's mayonnaise. I'm going to be super... Super depressed about that, right? Unless I love mayonnaise, which I happen to love mayonnaise. Anyone else love mayonnaise? Okay, the few, the few. You are my people. I knew it. But you would be disappointed, right? You would pick up the ketchup and you would get mayonnaise and it wouldn't be what you expected to come out of the bottle, right? So this is what I know. I put a label on you every single Sunday when you walk in the door and it's your name. The manufacturers of the ketchup bottle and anything else that we buy in a store, there's a label on it, right? And we know what it is. There's no confusion with that. This is a rhinoceros. No, this is a rhinoceros. I want it to be a rhinoceros today. An elephant? I can't change it, can I? I can't change it. Because a long, long time ago, Adam named him Penguin, all right? I can't change it. You guys get where I'm going with this? You can't change it. So you can't change your name. All right, so I'm going to give you a definition or two of what a label is. A label is, is something we stick on us. It's that simple. It's something we stick on us. It's a short phrase or a word that, that describes who you are. Pastor Kyle. I know who he is. He, Tara, I know who she is. It's her name. Or it can be a verb, and it can be something we do. It can be something we place on somebody, like we do when we take those labels out and we put them on you. All right. So we're going to hopefully discover today that we don't want other labels. We don't want anyone else's labels on us. We only want God's labels on us. Yesterday, we had lunch, and we did what seemed like the right thing to do, and we fed your kids peanut butter and jelly, because it's easy, and it's easy, and it's easy, (laughs) and we sit down, and we're all excited, and like we're, we've been playing outside, and emotions are running high, because we have only like about an hour or two left of Kids Weekend, and we're all exhausted, and and so everyone's sitting down, and you start hearing this like buzz, I'm going to call it a buzz instead of grumbling, because y'all know who you are sitting on these front rows. Who all of a sudden yesterday developed a peanut allergy? Yeah, it was it was crazy. It was crazy. What started it was I think one person actually did, and we had sandwiches, other sandwiches prepared for them, and um, all of a sudden everyone had a peanut allergy. Like they they willingly reached over and picked up that label. Now they don't know what comes with that label, right? They're like three, they're five. seven years old. They don't know what that means. If you have a peanut allergy, are you kids listening? I'm going to tell you what happens if you have a peanut allergy. Are you ready to hear it? If you eat peanut butter, your throat will constrict and you'll break out in a terrible rash and you can't breathe. I bet you don't want a peanut allergy now, right? Peanut butter and jelly sounds really great. And now you get to eat peanut butter. You get to eat Nutter Butters. You get to eat Reese Cups and you get to eat all those lovely delicious things because you don't have a peanut allergy. All right, But yesterday, in our circle, we were really quick to pick up these labels, like we were feeding them out of our printer out there really quick, like peanut allergy, peanut allergy, peanut allergy. I think I could serve you peanut butter today and you would eat it. In Isaiah 62:2, God says, "You shall be called by a new name, and with the mouth which the mouth of the Lord will name." All right? So these labels that we're picking out. And we're putting on ourselves. Are they our labels? Are they ones that we're willing to reaching over and picking out? Or are they ones God has given us? Another scripture that I personally love is Psalms 139, 13 through 18. I'm going to give you the whole entire scripture, okay? So for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in a secret place and when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them ever came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. And were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. Has anybody, this can be church-wide, but I'm addressing the kids right now because I really want you guys to participate in this. Have you ever called someone a name? I'm going to lead by example. Have we ever called someone a name? (laughs) (laughs) Things happen. Things happen. Okay. So (laughs) we've been called names, right? Or we've heard other people call names. And... This is, what, this is what God says about this. He said, The death and life are in the power of our tongue. The power of our tongue. Our tongue is powerful. And those who love it will eat its fruits. Proverbs eighteen twenty one. So I want to address the elephant in the room today and talk about the things that I do that are not maybe biblical. All right? So as... As I go through life, I tend to get sometimes overwhelmed. I mean, life happens, right? We, we rush to get to church, and our, our kids will not just put their shorts on. How many pairs of shoes can we dig through before we find the perfect sparkly shoes? Sorry, Bubba, but we're in the car, and he won't stop talking about cars. And I'm like, my brain cannot keep up with every single I can't think of any cars right now. <laughs> I can think of a lot of them. Listen, he has so many favorite cars. And what happens is I sit there and I start thinking to myself, I love you, dude. I start thinking to myself, oh, my gosh, is he ever going to stop talking? He's so, so stinking talkative. Nora, stop being so picky. Put on your shoes. You know this track well, right? Mamas in the house, daddies, grandmas, grandpas, aunts, aunt's uncles. We've played this track before a lot, a lot. And the other day, I'm sorry it took me so long, children. The other day, I got like this, like, heavy weight when I did it. I'm like, oh, oh, man. In this moment, because sometimes I say them out loud. I mean, it's the truth. Sometimes I say what I'm thinking right out loud, and he hears them. I'm, I'm just ripping off my labels, and I'm slapping them on my kid, the same kid that I dedicated to the Lord. The same child I look at every single day when I have devotions with her and say, you are enough and God loves you. And then I'm like, why are you doing this? And I, why are you acting weird? And then I'm like, don't call people weird. Don't do it. It's not nice. I'm going to, I'm going to say a bad word. Don't ever repeat this. Okay. Or I'm going to give, I'm going to, they say it anyway, guys, why are you so stupid? Not a laughing matter. We say it all the time, okay? Now, as you grow up, the words change. But what never changes is what's in here. If we allow that root to, to sit in there and start to, to be planted and, and grow out, this, this hatred, this dislike, this stuff that, that we allow in to our hearts and that we freely give out and, and we label people, we start to not only become who we don't like in them, But now we think they are that. Like, we think they are that. Guard your heart. Spouses, I love you all. Chief of sinners over here. We can go through all the marriage counseling in the world and we can know it. As a matter of fact, you can actually, I can be on the phone with someone and I'm like, oh, dear friend. And I say that a lot. Oh, dear friend you got to love him right where he is. Don't say words you can't take back. Do you know how many times I've said words I can't take back? So over a series of probably, I don't know, four to six months, God has just been like tearing me up over this. Because if I want my family to walk in grace, and I want my family to spill out grace, and I want them to to come out in public and, and overflow with grace, it has to be given, it has to be taught has to be daily poured out and modeled. Um, we do it with our friends, right? I, I, I might have talked to my husband this week about my friends. And I'm like, don't let me talk about my friends because I love my friends, right? Don't, don't let me talk about Don't you talk about your friends, Jaden, because they're your friends. And once we start down that slippery slope, we get a little carried away. All right. We'll throw a couple in for the parents. Coworkers and drivers on the road. The other day, Nora's like, why are they driving like I-D-I-O-T-S? And I'm like, I was like, Nora Elise, we don't say that. We say that word. We say that word. We're going to stop saying that word, okay? We're going to stop saying that word right? Can I, can I get an amen? I don't ask for those a lot. Can we get an amen? Like somebody, are we going to stop saying that word when we're driving? We don't know what the person next to us is going through. We don't know where they're coming from. We don't know the last fight they had, the last phone call they had. You don't know the struggle in their life. But we're quick to label them. We're quick to, to say what we think they are, right? The power of our tongue. What if instead when I got cut off, I was just like, oh God help them. God help me. God help me. My reaction to their poor driving skills should not have been that. It should have been grace. I should have been like, well, they're in a hurry. We're all in a hurry. Guard your heart. Above all else, guard your heart for everything flows from it. What you put in, I promise you is going to come out in one way or another. Think before you speak. That's a hard one, isn't it? Anyone struggle with that? (laughs) Think before you speak. It's so easy to just react like I I I do this all the time this is a very I'm preaching to myself today guys this is for me I speak and then I'm like oh I shouldn't have done that so I'm giving you life lessons here on what not to call others think before you speak another proverb for you do you see a man who is haste in his words a man or a woman there is more hope for a fool than for him and I don't, want to be, I don't want to be the last part of that scripture. I don't, I don't want to lose something great over my attitude. Fill your bleachers well. Like we all have bleachers. Do I need to give an idea what this is if we know a bleacher? You have people in your life who come around you. And so I call them bleachers because I know that on a rainy day, on a sad day, on a bad day, on a great day, I have people lined up. They have my back and they're all around me, and when I win, they're right there cheering me on, and when I lose, they're like, it's okay. I'm going to help you back up, or when I'm in over my head with my kids, and I'm like, "Whoa, oh, guys, like, I don't know that I could do this, or I just look stressed. I can count on a friend coming along, taking my kids out of the room. I filled my bleachers up. It was really scary when I moved to Florida, because my bleachers were rather empty. I moved from a, a, a pretty good-sized church with lots of people, and we didn't have to really watch for Nora. People carried her around, and, you know, it was just what it was. And I had people that knew what was going on with me. We moved down here, and we didn't have that. So no one was in my bleachers, or so it felt. I had people, I had people praying for me, but I didn't have physical, like, people. And I look around the room, and, and I, I see you, and I realize my bleachers are full. And if you don't know it today, your bleachers are full. And so the next time that you're struggling with motherhood or you're struggling in school or something doesn't make sense, find somebody. You're, this is why we come to this church. Like, we come to celebrate, we come to worship, and we come to support each other, okay? So we are your bleachers. I'm right there waiting, all right? I know me and every other person wearing a blue shirt today and the ones that don't have them on, we got your back. Um, what others call us? So we've been called, anyone been called names? Yeah, it hurts, doesn't it? It really hurts. And it starts to chip away at who we are. And um, we did a little illustration on, sun, on Thursday, Friday, with our little heart. And, and, our, and the kids said things out loud that kind of just hurt them. And so every time they would say that, we would chip away at our heart. But when we opened it, we realized, like, it's really pretty. All right, it, it is actually really pretty, even with all of its cuts. And we had a complete pretty heart, too, to remind us of God's love. But this was my heart years ago. This was my heart. And I would say from childhood on, I, had, I, grew, I grew up in a good home. My parents loved me to pieces. I was loved. I was taken care of. But life happened around me, and life happened to me. And as, as these scars were made and life happened and, you know, people who didn't know better said things. Like, I, like I'm practicing with my kids. This is, this is why I'm breaking the cycle right here, right now. Because it was walked around me. And then I was just like, I mean, I don't know. I, I had Brian. I was 20. I just joined the circle. I was like, okay, this is, what, this is what we do. This is the cycle we're in. This is how we treat our kids. And this is how we treat our spouses. And this is what we do until God got a hold of me and was like, hey, Jessica, you don't have to do that. You don't have to walk in that pattern. These labels that that have been attached to me, too, too talkative. I'm too talkative. I've heard it a lot in my life. Now people say, and I'm like, thank you. Thank you. I have a lot to say. Too extroverted. I've, I've heard this one a lot. Love me through it. I'm too skinny. Come on, guys. Come on. So This is what I started to do. I'm going to tell you a very personal story what happened to me when I was younger. I started to eat a lot of food, a lot of food, a lot of really bad food. Because do you know that if you eat Twinkies and Oreos and any other of my favorite foods and drink all the soda in the world and consume all the bad food in the world, you're not going to gain weight if you're not supposed to gain weight. Your body is not going to do it. But that didn't stop me from going down this vicious cycle. To this day, to this day, I struggle with health issues. And looking back, I'm like, man, if I can affirm, if we can affirm in our kids who they are, right here, right now, who they are, who God made them to be, think of these struggles we could save them. It may not seem like it. It may seem little. Stop talking. Clean your room. Why is your room always messy? You're such a messy kid. So now I'm going to show up at his house when he's 25, and I'm like, bro, your house is trashed. It might be my fault. I understand people make choices, but it might partially be my fault. What other call? What other people call us affects us. All right. We. I need some help. When we're breaking cycles, it takes actually stepping out of what we're in, and changing what we're doing. All right. So I, I walked in a circle. I'm not going to walk in a circle again, so I don't get too dizzy today. But um, you've got to step out of that circle, guys. If you're over here in, in what would be your left field, and you're starting that cycle again, that cycle of depression, that cycle of anxiety, that cycle of mental abuse, that cycle of just being negative, being late, And we could keep going, right? We could keep going. The only thing that's going to change it is if we take a step out of that cycle and we're like, today I'm not going to be late. Today I'm going to set my alarm 30 minutes earlier because I'm always 30 minutes late. (laughs) It's really simple. 15 minutes late, set it 15 minutes earlier. It works. Um, In Jeremiah 30, verse 8, this is what I'm excited about because if you cannot figure out how to break your cycles, God promises us right here. In that day, declares the Lord Almighty, I will break the yoke off your necks, and I will tear off their bonds, and no longer will foreigners enslave them. This is the Israelites. They had walked in circles for years. They had repeated cycles for years. They couldn't seem to control what they were doing, and God made a promise to them, and it happened. He fulfilled it. It happened, but it took them making steps to make a change. I want to tell you who God calls you today. I'm tell you who God calls you. He calls you a child of God. He calls you a branch of the true vine. We know what the vine is, right? We've heard this scripture before. Okay. We're going to have a lesson in kids' church about a vine. But listen, dude. If there's, if there's a branch of a tree or a, a plant and a vine comes out of it, you are the vine. And God is your branch. We're your trunk. God is your base, dude. He's everything. He's everything that goes down into the ground. He's everything that feeds you. He's everything that makes you who you are. He is, he is the only person who can, who can define you, describe you, set you apart. He's, he's everything. He's your friend. You're an heir. He calls you friend. I'm sorry. You're an heir to his kingdom. When you have accepted Jesus into your heart, You're an heir. You get to share eternity with him. He tells us you're a new creature. And that to me, I just like I'm visual. I see that circle again. I'm like, well, I'm a new creature, so I gotta just, I gotta, I gotta walk differently. I gotta try. I gotta step out of what I've always been doing. He calls me a son or a daughter by name. He knows my name. He knows your name. He calls you chosen, holy, and blameless. And he calls you redeemed. Now that's a list, right? That's a list that is far better than anxious, depressed, angry, sad, broken, frustrated. I want that, I want that list. I want to be a child of God. And, and when I get to stand in his presence and know that, that I'm his child, that's everything to me. So... In Isaiah 61, verse 3, he says, He says a lot of things. Let me see here. I got my Bible up here. You're all right. He says, To provide for those who mourn. In Zion, He's going to give them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, festive oil instead of mourning, splendid clothes instead of despair, and they shall be called righteous trees planted by the Lord to glorify Him. These trees, Tristan, these trees, they're not for you. And you're not going to be the only vine. You're not going to be the only branch on this tree. You're going to be... You're in already a tree filled with people. You're not alone. and God has planted I like to think of it in my mind as, a, as fathom. God has planted this tree here. And we have all these different pieces and all these moving parts. And if sometimes you look at the tree and you're like, "What? And what am I doing and where do I fit in? But I promise you, when you're walking and you're not walking in that vicious cycle, when you're walking in God's perfect love and grace and you're walking out his call for your life and who he's called you to be, you're going to look at that tree, and you're going to find your spot. You're going to be like, oh, I fit in right there taking the trash out every Sunday. I'm really good at taking out trash. I love humidity. It's my favorite. I'm really, really good at talking, so I'm going to go stand at that connect tent. I want to talk to every single person that walks by me. I love to hug, and I'm going to hug your neck, right? Not gonna wear you out with an exhaustive list of things you could serve and fathom, but the tree, the tree is exhaustive. It's it, and, and we need you, we need you. If if I'm not doing my job, I'm not a service to you. It's a disservice to you, and so, um, he calls us righteous trees, and we're planted for his glory. So when we show up and we do our jobs and we do them well, everyone who comes in, they don't know, they don't know Brenda made coffee this morning. They don't know she, she slaved over the water to make it look pretty, but they enjoy it and it brings glory to God. That's what it's about. He says in Isaiah 62 verse 4, my delight, I love that word. I think Miss Taryn spoke on that a while ago. My delight is in her Andrew land married. Now, I, this one, I was like, hmm. Then I got to thinking about it and he used marriage and he used delight and he... He, he paints this really pretty picture of what's going to happen. He doesn't tell us what, what every single detail is going to look like, but he says, my delight is in you. My delight is in you. And eventually, eventually, we'll look at it and we'll see it, and we're like, we're, we're good. God's got us. Verse 12 says, I'm going to read from here because... I have it underlined, and I love pink. He says, and they will be called the holy people, the Lord's redeems, and you will be called cared for. Another version says, sought after. Have you ever been chased down? Have you ever been chased down? No. I, was, I was pursued once, and then I married the man. Right? God pursues us. He chases us down. He seeks us out. I love this verse. And a city no longer deserted. So y'all, those chains, the labels, like today I want us to, to, in our minds, and I mean, I'm a super visual person, in our minds start to process what it looks like if we would start to rip off labels, all right? Because God's labels for us are none of the none of the ugly ones we're called holy people we're called redeemed we're called sought after and we are no longer desor- deserted our friends can leave us our family can leave us they can talk about us behind our back but i know who holds me i know who holds me i know who calls my name i know who i am in him